The Movie Hour, episode 38, June 11, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour of programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Hello and welcome to the Lloyd Bridges Automatons Attack Movie Hour. I am your host, Greg Maloney, and with me today are my two very, very special co-hosts. First being my brother, James. Welcome back to the show. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. We also have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Jeff Henderson. Jeff, what's going on, dude? I'm not sure how I feel about being described as very, very special, but, uh, you know, things are good. Yeah, but you, you at are least you special. got man and myth. And yeah, legend. I did yeah. get the man, the myth, and I, I also got the distinction of not having to be related to Greg, so it yeah. works out well. You, you two are you two are my special my special boys. We have a big show for everybody today, but I also like to discuss our uh, other special boys, the the Red Wings moving to Game Seven. Uh, Jeff was right from last week, apparently, that our the superstition came through and we lost Game Five. Well, sorry, Game Six and Four, and we won Game Five. There's been three games since the last time we uh, broadcast. Is that, is that how it worked? I believe so. We lost the games away. All the games away we've lost, and then the games home we've won, so that should be right. It's a scary it's situation. Stuff. It's exciting stuff, but, you know, I mean, history is definitely in the Red Wings' corner on this. Uh, there's only The last time the opposing team won a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Finals was 1971. Uh, the home team has won all the games this series. I, I, I feel confident going into Game 7. I think this is great for Detroit, too. A little extra money going into the city. Uh, it's good for hockey, good for Detroit. I, I'm happy. So, how are the feelings in Philadelphia? They've got to be at least somewhat excited. You know, I mean, nobody here is like super revved over it. Uh, but I would say most of the people I meet, I, I've met a couple of uh, Penguins fans, but most people I talk to are either indifferent or uh, want the Red Wings to win. A lot of people out here hate Crosby. <laughs> That's the same here too. Yeah. I don't. I don't have as much a problem with Crosby as I do Malkin. At least I don't know. Crosby doesn't seem like too much. Doesn't look like a douchebag like Malkin does. It's not so much Crosby himself as the fact that he gets forced down everyone's throats through the media and stuff. So everyone just already hates him just because he's the golden boy of the NHL, and you know, you don't see that happening with the Detroit, you know, the Zetterbergs or the Datsuks. Of course, you know, Datsuk can barely speak English, but still. But yes, yeah, and that's always uh, that's always the excuse they give Malkin too, like like oh well you know he's fantastic but he's not really media friendly because he can barely speak English. Dude, look at that guy. He can barely speak Russian. He's an idiot. I, I I'm I'm he's great at hockey. Whatever, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully um, our listeners, you probably be catching this just before the game. But uh, good luck, Detroit Red Wings. Might be in a Detroit for that, which might which will, could be crazy. I'm not sure if I want to do that yet. I might die if I go down there for the Red Wings. I don't know if we lose, it'll probably be even worse. So maybe I'll stay out of there. But uh, we do have our uh, our normal movie reviews. We'd like to what I like to discuss. Hopefully, uh, give the listeners some some feel of what to avoid and what to catch with our with our information. Uh, James, do you catch anything uh, interesting this week? Um, yeah, I wouldn't call it interesting, but uh, I ended up seeing a movie <laughs> called. Uh, <laughs> Eagle Eye, 2008. Um, Are you serious? Yes, yes. It's oh, you're the, on a uh, what's his face roll. You went and see, you saw that uh, Disturbia movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the Shia LaBeouf Not or whatever. Not Shia LaBeouf, but it's the same director even. Uh, Good God. DJ Caruso, I think his name is. But yeah, it's a it's a Shia LaBeouf vehicle. Um, basically, he plays the slacker half of a twin brother combo. Um, the movie starts out with him coming home from his brother's funeral. Oh, not identical twins, right? Okay. Yeah, they are. They are identical. Oh twins. no! So he plays two characters. No, because he's coming back from the funeral at the beginning of the movie. Right. But anyway, so he gets back to his back to his hometown, uh, back to his apartment, and in the apartment, um, he finds a ton of guns and some bomb ingredients and terrorists and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He just got back from his brother's funeral. Gets a phone call, some mystery woman's on there, just says the Wait. FBI's on their way. You better run now. I thought you said he found terrorists in his apartment. Uh, terrorist stuff, sorry. Terrorist oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what, 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 terrorist stuff, like, I don't know, a beard? <laughs> a couple, you know, never mind. Anyway, um, so yes, terrorist paraphernalia. Okay. Um, but anyway, he, he gets a phone call from a mystery woman, tells him to run. There's a big Osama Bin Laden poster <laughs> up in his bedroom. <laughs> I heart terrorists written in graffiti on the wall. <laughs> but, uh, so... But, um, so yeah, he ends up running, um, helps 
escape from the FBI and whatever situation he finds himself in now based off of, you know, this woman's direction. Um, she seems to have access to, uh, pretty much anything electronic, you know, whether it be cameras or, you know, billboards or big just other big brother. Yeah, basically. And so he does an escape just kind of, you know, a la the beginning of matrix. And when, uh, Neo is kind of, you know, walked out of the apartment building or I'm sorry, the office building. But, uh, Anyway, he gets directed towards a woman who also has received a call from this woman, and they're kind of hot. Uh, Michelle Monaghan, yeah, she's the girl from yeah, Kiss yeah. Kiss Bang she's Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yeah, yeah she was hot. Yep. Too. So, and it turns out she's kind of being directed by this woman too. And as the movie goes along, you realize that she's being um, forced into the situation because they're threatening the life of her child. Uh, they're pretty much blackmailing Shia LaBeouf's character with this whole, okay, we have this terrorist rap built up against you. You better, you know, work with us because the FBI is, you know, after you anyway. Um, and the whole rest of the movie is these two people trying to figure out what the hell they're doing. Should they be doing it? And how do they get out of the situation? Um, is there a twist? Pardon me? Is there a twist? Um, there's a little bit of a twist. Not a very good one. Um, it really just makes for some just ridiculous, silly, outrageous action sequences. Like there's one part where uh, they're in a car chase with the feds and uh, the, the head uh, federal agent is Billy Bob Thornton. But they're going through like a construction area and the woman on the phone and her group or whatever, you know, you don't know what's going on. But she's controlling the cranes that pick up cars and stuff and she's like grabbing the fed federal agent cars as they're going through this thing. Are you serious? From uh, Terminator 3. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's pretty silly. There's another scene where uh, they're meeting some other person who has received instructions from the same group, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. In fact, it looks exactly like the scene from at the end of 7. They're on a road in the middle of nowhere, and there's power lines above them type of thing. And he drives up in a van, gives them stuff, and is like, that's it, I'm not doing anything more for you. You know, this that's enough. And, uh, the voice on the phone is telling Shia LaBeouf, you know, to stop him. He can't leave, and he doesn't listen. So somehow, these these people have access to disconnect the power lines from the tower, have him swing down, and burn this guy to a crisp because he's leaving the scene. So it's like Final awesome. Destination meets Terminator. 3. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. There's, there's plot holes and stuff. Uh, Rosario Dawson shows up as another government agent, uh, and Michael Chiklis shows up as the uh, Secretary of Defense. Um, there's a chance at the very end of the movie to be kind of different and cool, and they totally let it blow pie, and they, they just go, you know, status quo type of stuff. Um, my recommendation is if you're in the mood for this type of movie, I would go see a Michael Bay movie. That's right. Yeah. I'm recommending a Michael <laughs> Bay movie over this. Wow. Yeah. Trans- Transformers 2 coming out June 24th. Jim, you watch a lot of bad movies. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, you're barely even uh, touching the tip of the iceberg. Can you one-up can you one up them, Jeff? I, uh, any other bad um, I can. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can six up them, actually. Uh, I, I actually I saw a movie earlier this or last week called uh, Me, You, and Everyone We Know. It came out in 2005, and it's like a really standard independent film fair, and I'm glad that I don't get to talk about that because I'm going to talk about my new favorite movie of all time, it's a movie called The Room, and if you haven't heard of it, it's about time that you have. It's written, directed, uh, produced, executive produced, and stars the great Tommy Wiseau, uh, and it is literally the worst movie ever made. I mean, to I the point this. of clarity, just every every aspect of the production, the writing, the ad, the, the the directing, the cinematography, the script. Every aspect of this movie is just absolutely god awful. It's almost unwatchable, but it's hilarious. The, I mean, it is just great joke after great joke after great joke that you get to laugh at these horrible, like, sub-soap opera level actors, and it's, it's just phenomenal. I've actually, uh, posted a couple of YouTube links on thegungapit.com, uh, of yeah, just hilarious. How many people, uh, like, there are four people in this movie or something? There, I, like, there, a, I mean, there, there are probably, there's probably less than ten speaking roles in the movie. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah I've it's, definitely it's, heard it's, of this movie. There is, like, a three or four page article in Entertainment Weekly about this, like, months ago, and they were just talking about how it's 
cult classic. Um, I think you were mentioning earlier that it's you know a lot like the Rocky Horror Picture Show as far as the fan following. Yeah. Now. Uh, exactly. Paul Rudd talked yeah, about you... it and he tells all his friends about it and you know et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, I didn't Paul know Rudd's Paul a fan. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's it's really cool. And the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is yeah, I think definitely like a like a good comparison because there's a lot of like uh, apparently there's a theater in LA that shows this movie at midnight once a week or I'm sorry once a month and like people go and it's it's become like totally ritualized. Uh, you know, people will, like yell stuff at this at the screen in uh in chorus and uh and like throw things and it's i mean it's it's become like a like a scene like like everybody kind of uh it's it's like a group of people that really have a great time with this movie and i again i really highly recommend this it's it's a bad movie in a different way than i think i've ever seen a bad movie and i've seen some like you know like the bad horror films and that type of thing and like uh battlefield earth but this is just uh, just fun Unbelievably bad. Yeah, I just picture him trying so hard and just failing. So yeah, that's, well, that's what intriguing. it is. This guy, uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick plot point. Um, this guy, uh, Tommy Wiseau, he plays the, the main character Johnny, who is just written as like this altruistic, super nice, like really great guy. Like everything about him is just excellent. Uh, and his fiance is uh, is sleeping with his best friend. Oh my god! And he just he just is, feels betrayed all around. And um and so you know th- this betrayal comes to a head, and it's just I mean unbelievably emotional. Uh and uh, really really great great. Unbelievably <laughs> emotional. I got a good feeling about this one. How did <laughs> so how did you end up hearing about this? Uh, a buddy of mine, I, I, we, were, we were gonna go out to the bar, uh, so I went over to his house, and he and his roommates were like, "Dude, have you ever seen the room? I'm like, the the what? The, the the room, dude. You gotta check this out." And so we popped it in. We're planning on having a couple of beers before we went out anyway, and just. Like within seconds, like you're just dying laughing. It's so bad. Like it, it's, it's so bad. I can't even. You got to get on the gungapit.com and check out the clips I put on. <laughs> like they're not even. Those aren't even really like that special moments. They're they're highlights, I guess. But like the whole movie is like those those parts. It's really weird. Unfortunately, not available on Netflix yet. It's not even. Yeah. You can't even get it on DVD through Netflix yet. It's there's yeah, a spot to save. make enough money it's to put it on DVD. Off, yeah. It's gonna start. Blow. Start. It's, it really is like people are like uh, like they're going back into production on DVDs up here, apparently on it and stuff like that. It's pretty intense. Um, there was uh, there's one plot point that I failed to mention. There is a character in it named Denny who is uh, quote unquote like a son to Johnny. And Johnny, you find out, has been like paying his college tuition and stuff. So Denny goes to college, but the writing is so bad that it leads you to question whether Denny is a fully fun- has a fully functional brain. Like his his uh it, like it, his his line. Are so ridiculous that like you have to question like okay, does it, does he have some sort of mental disorder? And they never really make it clear, but you assume that he doesn't. That the writing is just that bad because we know that he's a college student. So I just want to <laughs> want to illuminate that. <laughs> so you're happy you caught it? Uh, I'm oh hopeful. God, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough discussion of terrible movies that are that are funny. Um, I want to discuss a real movie, The Hangover, which came out. Uh, this weekend, I believe uh, we talked about it last week. Funny yeah, movie. Pretty well in the box office, uh, despite what Greg uh, thought. Yeah, we'll we'll, dis- we'll get to the box office discussion okay, I'm sorry. in a second. Back off, back off. Uh, directed by Todd Phillips, same guy that did Old School, at least mainly known for Old School, and it's just a straight comedy about a group of guys that go out together to see their best friend off for their his bachelor party in Vegas. Um, they lose him. Don't know where he went. They all got drugged that night by accident, supposedly, and they don't remember anything. And they have to retrace their steps to find their find their friend. And of course, all kinds of hijinks ensue. But uh, what's surprising about this movie? Uh, I guess what's not surprising is uh, Zach Galifianakis is does a great job. Which I know Jeff, well, you're a big fan of him. Um, but the the big surprise is Bradley Cooper, who's uh, plays one of the main main friends. He's pretty much known. Um, as the antagonist fiance from uh, Wedding Crashers, but he does a really good job as like the immoral let's ha- let's just have fun friend of the movie, and he doesn't get like the big laughs, but he, I think he gets the job done, and he does a he did a surprisingly good job. Uh, I guess you sort of expect the uh, Galifianakis plays like the I guess like the eccentric, possibly retarded uh, brother and soon to be brother in law who's hilarious <laughs> in it, but um, it, it's good good movie. Um, not exactly happy that I went out to go go spend my money on it, but it was it was 
it was, I think it was worth it. Let, um, let me ask you this, cause I, I, I think we had a discussion about Superbad, and I thought Superbad was hilarious, and I know you weren't that big of a fan of it. Um, but one movie that we agreed on, uh, I think we both like Wedding Crashers quite a bit. Would you put this as funny, more funny, or less funny than Wedding Crashers? <laughs> In your wormy, twisted mind. I'm I'm a pretty big Vince Vaughn fan, and so ab- absence of Vince Vaughn in The Hangover is a big big issue. But... You're, you're aware that there are some good movies without Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Star Wars comes to mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't know, I didn't know that. But <laughs> in comparison, head to head, Hangover, Venn diagram style with Hangover and Vince and uh, Wedding Crashers. The Hangover, I would say, man, that's tough. Hangover, go see it once. Wedding Crashers, go see it five times. Like, it doesn't okay. have the replay value as, as, uh, Wedding Crashers does. Oh, and okay. Mike Tyson makes a cameo in it, and it's, and it's sort of funny. Other than that, um, oh yeah, Heather Graham's in it, so I'm sure Jeff has something to say about that, and of course she does a very yeah, hot job in it. Yeah, she's, she's cute. I was sort of upset. Jeffrey Tambor of Arrested Development fame, uh, does not show up very much in it. He gets like three lines in, and they're pretty funny. Um, last point, funny. yeah, last point would be Ken Jeong. Who you were just raving about uh, two weeks ago for the yeah. role models? He plays, he's funny. Like uh, you said, he was hilarious in that. In this movie, he sort of plays like an over-the-top, like Chine- Chinese stereotype guy, and it, it it didn't come off that that like well. And um, yeah, but uh, yeah. I, maybe your comedic palate just isn't sophisticated enough to get this movie. I, I think I'm going to see it for myself and All right. make my own judgment. <laughs> Do what you want. Uh, if you're gonna go I see will. it, hopefully go during the matinee cheap time, because I don't know if it's worth taking a taking the wife wife out to or girlfriend out to for thirty five dollars or whatever it is. Thirty five dollars. <laughs> thirty five dollars. So what you wanted to bring up was box office numbers of the week. So this might prove me wrong because it did very well. Um, actually beat up on the box yeah. office, right? Yeah, which not is, by much, by like less than a million, but which yeah. speaks well to up actually, but. Really? Like, so you, you, I think it speaks well. The hangover stuck with Up. You think Up stuck with the hangover? Is well, considering Up's in its second week, it's just. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was the same week. No. Good point. Up's been out for a week already, so. Right, right. And Land of the Lost, which was my horse. Yeah, got like half, half as much money. Yeah, not even. Because <laughs> it looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> You know, I, we we had the discussion about Will Ferrell. I guess it was that last week that we had the discussion about Will yeah. Ferrell, and I didn't really have a lot to say. Um, and I but I thought about it, and I realized what it is. I'm it's, happy you're thinking now. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's big. I'm thinking now uh, using that using that noggin. I'm a big fan of less is more comedy, like Bill Murray, Norm Macdonald, sort of the understated. Will Ferrell is definitely a more is more comedy kind of guy, like very like screaming, uh, just yelling stuff. It's 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 all very overdone, and that's so that's why I am not as big a fan of Will Ferrell, and I have kind of sussed it out as to why exactly that is. So let's talk a little bit about some of the movies that are on their way to theaters uh, this weekend. The taking of Pelham one two three uh, being one of them is this. First off, I, I hate the title. I don't know why they decided to make it remake it with the same title because I don't even understand it. But what the hell is John? Nobody, uh, consulted with you on that, did they? Yeah, no, they didn't. And I don't, I don't recognize John Travolta outside of like a giant fat chick suit anymore. Like, is this <laughs> is this his next role? Or, like his next big role? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess, yeah, being bad guys, I think this is, he's reprising his character from the, uh, oh so popular Swordfish movie, I think is how this is gonna Oh, I thought you were gonna go face off, but yeah, continue. Oh, fish. Or any of the other 15 movies. And Denzel Washington, I guess, I don't know, he must have nothing else to do after he's won his Oscars. Did he catch some sort of degenerative disease where now he's only able to play hostage negotiators, or is, is it, uh, is he he a hostage negotiator in this? Like, doesn't he just end up He's like a subway dispatcher or something. Yeah, but he becomes a hostage. Yeah, he gets tossed into it. Yeah, that's terrible. And James, did you catch the? Were you out for the original original movie, nineteen seventy four? I think it was. Um, I was probably you know having a midlife crisis or something around then. So no, <laughs> you were riding around in your motorcycle and. Yeah, no, I didn't catch the Walter Matthau version. Gotcha. I did think it was not- interesting that Tony Scott directed this, and this is his fourth movie with Denzel. Really? Apparently Name the other voice. three. Go. Deja Vu, Man on Fire, Crimson Tide. Wow. I'm pretty Lucky. prepared. Man on Fire was surprisingly not terrible. Yeah, I, that I was really my thing. I was just like, yeah, this wasn't horrible. 
Huh. Surprisingly I, enough, John Turturro, John Turturro is in this movie. Let's hope he uh, Why plays is that it. surprising? He's in every movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I usually associate him with somewhat decent movies. And I, You're I, I shocked by saying, surprisingly enough, John Turturro is not in this movie. <laughs> that, that would be shocking. I'll use that next week. I'll use that next week. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it's probably going to win the box office because there's not a whole lot coming out this weekend. I think Imagine That's the only other like big-name movie coming out. Dude, I bet well, you The Hangover takes it uh, again. Well, I'm just, just talking about the new movie movie matchup. Oh, okay, but yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. But, uh, yeah, imagine that. It kind of cracks me up because I was reading the synopsis for this movie, and it starts with uh, uh, a financial executive, Eddie Murphy, who can't stop his career down spiral. I'm like, nice. wow, that's like his life story right there, his career down spiral. <laughs> that's awesome. There is a that's- chance uh, Blood, The Last Vampire, is... Uh, a movie that's one of those, it's an anime that's gone to the, the big screen and, uh, I guess calling it, uh, real life action. And, uh, anything that's an anime that turns to the big screen has a chance. Call following people are, are crazy. They're crazy. They might, I, uh, they might show up in droves. I wanna, I wanna go back to the Eddie Murphy movie actually for a moment. I have a comment <laughs> go ahead. about the Eddie Murphy movie. Uh, yes, caller, go ahead. <laughs> somehow, he, I, and I don't know if they're only if they're not paying him enough or what, he's only apparently playing one character in this movie. So oh, interesting, interesting. Um, that's a departure. Yeah, that is. He does go to an imaginary world with his daughter, apparently. So maybe he gets to pretend to be different people at least. But yeah, he doesn't have like giant fat lips from CGI or anything like that, as in the you know, the clumps and all that other weird nutty professor stuff. Speaking of, uh, this must have been just a cakewalk for him. He's like, oh, I don't have to play every character. And get makeup over and over again. (laughs) Crank that one out really quickly. Possibly a good movie coming out later. I believe it's going to be June 19th is uh, year one. Uh, Harold Ramis directing and part of part writer. Uh, the Jack Black, Michael Sarah vehicle. Like, this could be good, but the previews look like shit, man. Like, Michael Sarah playing his usual. And Jack Black, also usual. Like, does this have a chance? There's tons of names in it. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the trailer, because I remember reading the premise about it when we were doing our uh, yearly uh, yeah. preview type thing. But uh, And just thinking, yeah, this is going to be god-awful, you know. I was picturing, and I know this is dating myself to you guys, but the 1981 Caveman movie with Ringo Starr and Dennis Quaid. Just, just god-awful movie. And then I saw the preview, I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but... You know, at least they're playing to some of it, you know, his strengths. Because Michael Sarah is doing his usual, you know, just awkward comedy type stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, it's it's going to be bad. I think I even think there's like a boy girl relationship in there that he's trying he's trying to work through, and Jack Black being just the great at playing a retarded adult is uh, there to help <laughs> him along the way. And I don't even I don't know. You have David Cross, who I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I think it's, if it's gonna if something's gonna save this movie, it's gonna be the little vignettes, like the David Cross, the Paul Rudd, like the little the side characters that that probably is Paul will be Rudd in this. I think he is. Oh, interesting, interesting. I think, yeah, but I think uh, I, like, hot I girls and Olivia Wilde. So right, well, that's good. This for some reason something popped in my head when I was watching a preview for this, and it was. Uh, the history of the world part one. Um, just it, like no real connection, just, you know, kind of like stupid take on major historical moments. And that's sort of what this looked like to me. I don't know. Well, hopefully for Harold Ramis and some of these other people, I, I have a big spot in my heart for it'll go, it'll do well. And uh, uh, it's going to be box office gold. Michael Sarah's uh he's, he's a wunderkind. He's a, he's a what? <laughs> are you, are you busting out a crazy, crazy German? Crazy Germans? It, it probably won't. There, again, it probably won't be beat by anything else coming out. Uh, Whatever Works comes out that same weekend, which is a new Woody Allen film with Larry David starring. As soon as I saw Larry David, I thought it was like, okay, it's Larry David running the show. But apparently he just got cast in it. And it seems seems pretty much all him in the movie. I worry. First of all, I worry because it's PG-13 and Larry David PG-13 just doesn't sound like it. But um, I worry about a movie like this. Woody Allen's kind of dropped off an awful lot in the last several years. Like his, with the exception of Matchpoint, his last like dozen movies have been just very, very, very expendable movies. Like you forget him right after you're done watching him. I wish I wish Larry David had something. Well, maybe maybe it'll be good, but I think Larry David can be so funny. I wish that he uh, was in something that seemed more promising to me. 
Uh, the, his movie Vicky Christ- Christina Barcelona got Best Actress, right, with Penelope Cruz? Yeah, but it. everybody I know that saw it said it wasn't very good. <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson's in it, Jeff, so come on. Yeah, I just think uh, Larry David would be a lot better off doing his own material. See, so that's the thing. It sort of seemed like his own material. Like, if you watch the trailer, it seems I a lot like no. it. So I, I'm so yeah, uh, well, I mean, Woody Allen's like, you know, the awkward uh, conversation. He's definitely yeah. like a master of that, and so is Larry David. So maybe it'll be good. I just, yeah. I've learned not to expect a whole lot from Woody Allen these days. And your girl, uh, Patricia Clarkson, plays uh, sort of like a religious fanatic in the movie, too. So oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm going to see it. No, just kidding. She was in uh, Station Agent. Uh, what else has she done, James? I, you've seen her in. She doesn't play a whole lot of prominent roles. She plays a lot of like side roles and stuff. Um, Which was pushing Station Agent. The, she's uh, the main she one. Was the, the older yeah, the love interest kind of thing. She's cool. So taking of Pelham, definitely avoid. Year one, go see it. Whatever works. That's that's uh, that's uh, take it or leave it situation. A big one, though, coming out later, June 24th, uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. This is sort of... I guess slowly coming up on the radar, and that, like this thing's gonna make box office billions. This is—is is this uh, your top seven box office, James? That this, list you got that Mike yeah. number one. Yeah, me and Jeff declared this number one for the year. So uh, I guess so in that respect, I'm rooting for it, but I really have no interest in it to tell you the truth. I want to see Soundwave, and that's times? about it. What was that? You're not gonna go see this three times? No, no. Just to win, just 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 to win that huge prize. <laughs> I'll wait for that game. first weekend and see how the running is going. If it's going to go by itself, then maybe you know I'll just you know, let it go. But if it needs some help, I'm just going to get a bunch of kids together, like <laughs> like go, go, drive a drive a bus to the high school and just pick up. Hey, who wants to go see Megan Fox and Transformers too? I won't go in with them, but I'll drop them off. <laughs> Uh, one one thing, a little tidbit I didn't know about this is that Hugo Weaving did the Megatron voice. Did you know that the guy uh, Lord of the Rings Matrix really? fame? Yeah. That's unfortunate because you know the original Megatron's <laughs> just go, much cooler. For Vendetta fame. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So Mike, I guess we'll be talking about this more in uh, another episode. But Michael Bay, Brockheimer, tagging up for the craziness once again. Revenge of the Fallen, and it was sort of there's a small story about uh, the Megatron situation in this movie because nobody nobody was sure he was coming back for the movie, like he was going to be resurrected from Wasn't him getting defeated. Everyone the first sure after they just dropped him in the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. But a funny side story is before, like it was like released in a trailer. There was any actual substantial video of him coming back. There was a new toy released um, by Hasbro that had Megatron in it, like in a new form and like a new model. And they're like, "Oh, this is the proof. He's definitely coming back." And they were using that, like just extrapolating information from this to, "Oh, big screen. He's going to be there. Awesome." And I just find, I love that. I just I love the science applied to. I love the idea that Brockheimer is just losing it on Hasbro <laughs> now for blowing his ending or what you know like whatever. Just, yeah. Um, so I, I guess this is a movie like this is going to be fanfare. Go. I guess I don't know. I'm I'm going to see it, but it's I'm not going to be happy movie. about it. Yeah, it's just go. Yeah. I, I just learned. I just got some shocking news. John Turturro's in this movie. Really, I, I hate you. I hate you. Um, yeah, it'll. Yeah, I, I will be there. there somewhere. I will be. There. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll do a gungabit.com viewing because uh, I'm sure all of us would like to go and be like, okay, this is a stupid movie, and laugh and and say, Michael Bay, great job. Yeah. Why is it coming out on Wednesday? What the fuck? To get that head start, they want like the big records and stuff. Oh, this counts as the weekend. Trust me. To make oh, yeah, there's there is another movie coming out that week that it's not going to have any kind of chance against it, but uh, Fireflies in the Garden, which is Ryan Reynolds trying to do another like sort of serious movie. He hasn't done really done any right. Like he has the proposal. He had that one with up. the uh, with the chick from um, uh, the little girl from Little Miss Sunshine. I can't yeah, remember. Her name. Yeah, I, I don't know what it's about, but it was it's, it was pretty uh, serious. Yes. Yeah, what was that called? Definitely, maybe or something. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. yeah, it was a romance type movie, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Ryan Reynolds fan, so it's a little intriguing. But yeah, it's I don't know that I'll go see it. It's been uh, Willem Dafoe's in it, dude. Willem Dafoe. He's he might scary, be my, my he, he might be my next proclaimed boy. Like Willem <laughs> Dafoe's awesome. The weird part is, according to the synopsis, Julia Roberts is Ryan Reynolds' mom. They're like nine years difference in age or something like that. So it's really? like Julia Roberts. You know. Jeff, she Jeff looks has like a horse. She looks like what? Horse. 
I thought that was uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's rule. He looks like a horse, too. They both look like horses. What about Carrie Ann Moss and Emily Watson? Emily Watson's in a lot of stuff. I'm not exactly a big fan, but um, Carrie Ann Moss, Matrix, come on. Still working. Memento. Nice. The other one that kind of is another drama that they're going to be duking it out against is My Sister's Keeper. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about this one. Hell no. You know what? Fuck both of those movies. I will never see either one of these movies. Fireflies in the Garden. Fuck Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Fuck Julia Roberts. Fuck Willem Dafoe. Wait, I'm I'm genuinely curious. What movie are you talking about? My Sister's Keeper. Oh. You're talking about me? Oh, you're not talking to me. I thought my tirade would get me some attention, but apparently not. Which has Abigail Breslin in it, who we were just talking about. Yes, this is true. Yeah, it's kind of weird just by the fact is. Cameron Diaz and Jason Patrick play a couple whose kid has leukemia. So they end up having Abigail Breslin so she can help, like, donate stuff to the, you know, the older sister who's got leukemia. And I, that's a really bizarre storyline to me. And then Abigail Breslin, who's the the donator, ends up suing the parents for, you know, the right to choose whether or not she's going to, you know, donate stuff to the the sister. Just a very strange oh, story. That's what it's about? Yeah. That's it's, actually kind of Yeah, it's weird. I, I saw the the uh, trailer for it and like, wow, this is pretty intense. So I, I really have a hard time seeing Cameron Diaz in a serious drama, but whatever. After anyway, everyone... She's actually pretty good at being John Malkovich. Like, I'm not... I'm not, like, pro-Cameron Diaz or anything, but... Yeah, like in The Mask, he does a great job. Yeah, in The Mask, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after everyone goes out and sees Transformers that weekend, they can bounce back and go see Public Enemies, which is another going to be giant Johnny Depp, Christian Bale, moneymaker. And, uh, and, of course, you have Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, which I'm sure the parents will take all their kids to. And That might be that might be a decent fight. Ice Age is a pretty big box office yeah. event. Ice Age wins. Dude, yeah, you got Ice rated R, rated G or something. I mean, like, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. So are we, are we pumped for Public Enemies, other than the fact that it's just star-studded? I actually yeah, am kind I'm, of... Like I, I like I want this movie to be good. I feel like this could be a great story, but the trailer doesn't give me an awful lot of hope oh, that it's yeah. gonna. Be. See, I'm picturing this more as just like a fun, just oh, or go to the end you know, of the movie, see some shooting them up type of stuff. That's what. Bank robbing's always fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm hoping to get out of it. So I'm kind of excited for it. I'm actually think, more excited think... for this than Transformers as my summer movie. You know, just mm. mindless fun type stuff. I just think Dillinger's just like a great American character, and I think it's a fantastic story, and it just doesn't... I really hope they do this story justice. Yeah, I've seen this movie before with bows and arrows. It's called Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, guys? Am I right? I don't get it. Can you explain <laughs> the joke? Um, the one, there's one last one. This is a little off the, the one-month radar, is Harry Potter's coming up. And an interesting tidbit about it... I know, like, there's there's not enough to discuss about Harry Potter, but... What's weird is uh, when Harry Potter comes out, it's going to uh, – the IMAX release of Harry Potter is going to be delayed two weeks. Have you heard about this? Because when Harry Potter changed their release date from uh, earlier – like the before Christmas to July 15th, since there was a hole during the writer's strike, um, apparently IMAX, which is like its own entity, had a deal with Transformers that it'll exclusively play Transformers the movie for a month. And then it would do whatever else. And since Harry Potter changed its release date, their IMAX doesn't come out until two weeks after the rest of Harry Potter comes out in normal theaters. Which and is kids, this is the kind of insider information that you can only get from the movie out. <laughs> it's it's our it's sources just are strong on this one. They're like uh, I know a few people that are just IMAX crazy. I've I've never got into it that much, and I don't know what they're gonna do. They're gonna either have to. Never see Harry Potter until two weeks after it comes out and hear everything and eat spoil. I have a feeling that there's a huge crossover between the IMAX crazy and the Harry Potter crazy. That's just a guess, but yeah, yeah. this could be interesting. It could be the perfect storm. By the way, how old is that kid now? Like twenty four? They're getting to be like the actors from the original nine hundred two and zero. They're all like forty like, playing high schoolers. It's, it's they're all crazy. forty playing high schoolers. First off. It's magician school. It's like warlocks and witches. It's not high schoolers. Yeah, that's more of a reference to 90210, but continue. Whatever. And secondly, they're like 20, so shut it, right? Shut it. I remember remember when I was 20 and I was going to magician school. (laughs) Magicians. I got held back a couple times. We don't really need to discuss Harry Potter. It's going to take care of itself. It'll just talk itself on the movie. (laughs) We do have another special treat for you. It is the... uh, 
third week, every three weeks, we try to do a little special quiz with our, our I don't want to call him a puzzle master, because that's, uh, that's Will Shorts. You're not a puzzle master, Jim. You're a quiz master. Quiz master? I don't know. You're going to need a title. We're going to have to work on this. Yeah, we have to work that. It would be kind of weird if I titled myself, so I'll let you guys do it. All right. All right. I, I'm just going to call him Morton from now on. <laughs> All right. The Morton. The Morton. So the Morton. He we, uh, himself in that article. He is the Morton. We are ready for your quiz. We have no knowledge of what it's about, so please set us up. Okay. Um, you've seen this uh, topic before. It's uh, I'm going to name, uh, or sorry, list character names, and you're going to have to tell me who played all the characters on the list. I will start with a list of three. I hate um, this one. <laughs> give us some space for some guessing, and then give another one if you need it. And then, if still nothing, I'll give the last one. So you got five so, names all together. Can I give a little bit of background for our new listeners? Sure. Um, we've done several quizzes on this show, and up until a few weeks ago, I had won every single one, usually in a landslide uh, oh, against sure. Greg. <laughs> Greg actually was able to take the last two quizzes. I'm going to blame... Uh, the weather uh, on that. I'm not. I'm not used to quizzing uh, in in the rain. But you I, went to I, the hospital. I got a, a good feeling about this one. Getting ready to uh, get back in it. So, all right. All right. Well, right. Let's start with the the first one. The uh, the list goes as follows: Jimmy Conway, Sam Rothstein, Travis Bickle. God, you know what? I I know this. I don't know the actor's name though. I don't. Maybe I don't know it then. Next one, Jake. That was Lamada. No idea. And the last one, Al Capone. Al Capone. Uh, fucking De Niro. De Niro. De Niro is correct. Uh, I thought I, I thought Jimmy, Jimmy Conway was the kid from the Mighty Ducks that was in like uh, whatever. Jimmy Conway, show. I believe, was Goodfellas. Sam Rothstein oh. was Casino. Uh, Travis Bickle was Taxi Driver, and Jake Lamont was from Reason Evil. That's Bickle from. Okay, all right, all right, yeah, all right. Well, I'm just, not proud of myself in that <laughs> one, but he got laid out by every listener listening to this. By the way, oh god, no, that was my easy one. Now what do I do? All right, um, let's go with Fletcher Reed. Stanley Ipkiss. Oh, Jim Carrey. Yes. Ah, damn it. Fletcher what, was it what was he Fletcher beating? Oh, liar, liar. Uh, All right. Ipkiss was like the it's mask. Basketball. That, that was a mask, mask yeah. 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 Which we just talked about. It's a beautiful movie. All right. All right. Um, Ellis Boyd Redding. Alex Croft. God. Yeah, it's uh, oh. Freeman, Morgan Freeman. Oh God! Oh, I knew it. I knew it from Reading. I knew yes. it from Reading. Yes, right. Yeah, because yep. he's Irish. Yep. God. All right. I. This is just a, a letdown. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um. Let's go. I beat me. You didn't beat me. I beat me. Go ahead. Um. Danny Zuko. Travolta. Yes. Whoa. Nice. Okay. I'm not happy. That's that's. I wouldn't have gotten. That. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I right. hear a babe got the other line, Jeff. I, I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> um, let's go with Jack Vicenis, Chris Sabian, Sabian, Lester Burnham. Next one, Roger Kent. What the fuck? Uh, um, Spacey. Spacey is correct. Roger is Verbalkin's real name. Sabian, is that it's LA Confidential? from The Negotiator. Jack Vicente is from LA Confidential. And Lester Burnham's from American Beauty. What was the last one going to be? Uh, David Gale. Yeah, that would have done it. Oh, man. Four to one, right? Four to one. All right. Yeah. Ted Kramer. Hoffman. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. It's rigged. It's rigged. Just Norman like, Robertson. Dusty Bottoms. Irwin Fletcher. No. Chevy Chase. Correct. 
Fletcher should have had. Yep, Fletcher. Norman Robertson. You know what's funny is I didn't think about the the Irvin Fletcher one, which is I love the movie Fletch. I was thinking about Cops and Robertsons. I was like, I bet you that's (laughs) Cops and Robertsons. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That is correct. And Dusty Bottoms was from Three Amigos. You made me feel Uh, better. Yes. All right. Um, Jack Torrance. I know that one, but I don't know it. Warren Schmidt. That's Nicholson. Nickel. Uh, yes. About. That's correct. Oh, this is terrible. All right. This is like 6 1. I, I wish it was 6 1. I think it's 7 1. <laughs> Danny Roman. I feel, like, I feel like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Zeus know. Carver. Roman. Carl Lee Haley. Oh, Samuel. Yes. Thank God. Good job, Greg. All right, so it's seven two, right? I stopped keeping score when I realized this wasn't even going to be close. <laughs> um, Marco Ramius. Sloan? No, no. Oh, it's uh, Connor. Yes. Sean Connor. Connor is correct. Sean Connor. What the hell am I saying, Sean Connor? Wow, what's what's that from? Ramius is uh, Hunt for the October, right? That's ah, correct. Okay. Nice job. Nice job. All right, um, Stephen McCaffrey. Snake Pliskin. Herb Brooks. Uh-oh. Next one is Jack Burton. It's not Lloyd Bridges. God bless him. Jack Burton. Last one? Stuntman Mike. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yes. How could you not get it on Jack Burton? Uh, what's Jack Sorry. Burton from? It's from... Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Why do you do Tango Cash? Like, yeah. I have, you have, I have the t-shirt. Little China, so I, have a t-shirt. I know. It's Jack I have... Burton trucking on it. <laughs> All right. So it's 7-4. The next one, Jeff gets. The ne- ne- okay. next one, Jeff gets. That's when we stop. Okay. okay. Billy Chappell. Ray Kinsella. Crash Davis. Next one, Wyatt Earp. Costner? Costner is correct. Oh, fuck. Is My comeback ended. I'm sorry, what was that, Jeff? Billy Chapel Field the Dreams? No, that was uh, Ray Kinsella. Ray Kinsella, okay. I Billy Chapel was from the uh, the other baseball movie that he's in, where he's the tiger oh, wow. pitching the no yeah, Okay. Oh, that one. that one. Well done, Jeff. Yeah, well, you busted you know, me. You busted me. I, I, I expected to. And that was a good, a good. I like that quiz. I'm a fan of that type of quiz. I just, I have issues. That's, that's the problem. He's not as good at it. Jeff was you on top of his game today. Really though. spanked last couple of quizzes. So, oh, I, you know, yeah. it's, it's no, it's no longer, uh, it's no longer as one sided as it once was. Right, right. This we is your father's movie before. quiz. Yeah, this is not your father's. Movie quiz. I have been uh, at least my Parker Posey play long has been more popular than yours, Jeff. You got uh, you always more popular, but not as good. <laughs> Which is oh, what the yeah. show is all yeah. about. That's what the show is all about. Greg, you're the Michael Bay of the people. Oh, come on, <laughs> Jeff's oh, more of the Wes Anderson. Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> so the Parker Posey play along, which is another feature of the show, where we'll bring up a, a question on on air, and the other the other two players will will answer it live, and then we'll bring it to the boards and the Facebook. Uh, Jeff's question last week was, "What is your favorite instance of a movie showing the effects of chemical abuse on a character?" I don't. I think you have some grammar issues in, in that question, but yeah, chemical uh, abuse on a character. Yeah, on a character. What? So my first question is: Did some people interpret this wrong? Like people just showed shots of people drunk. Like, is the, were you looking for actual camera and you know effects that show? You know, I was, but I'm 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 happy that it kind of got opened up a little bit because it it, it was a little uh, it was a little narrow in scope. So, well, I think the three of us gave answers of more like the um like plot like points a method, or. Uh, yeah, or like method. Yeah, um, some people had some really good examples of uh, of just drunk people in movies, and that's kind of funny too. So, so what, what was uh, one of your favorites? Or I guess uh, number one, uh, Dumbo, Pink Elephants. Would have never thought of it by myself, but uh, awesome call. Yeah, uh, the, was the creepy as hell. Pink Elephants on Parade from Dumbo. Perfect. Yeah, I, 
I met one of the Gunga Pit users, uh, B Sicta, um, um, at at a gym's place actually, and he was asking if there was another way to submit his answer because he was like in between computers and he couldn't post on Facebook or uh, the Gunga Pit, but he could email. And if you ever need to, you can email at a uh, Gunga Pit at just at gmail dot com and we'll get it. And if if that's the only way you can post, I'll, I'll gladly post it for you. But yeah, a, a good a good answer. And you're right, prob- probably the best. Yeah, it, I'm officially changing my answer to that one too. That was ridiculously good. Yeah. I just remember seeing that in, like, I've only seen Dumbo so many times, but it's just freaky. Yeah, first it's, it did a good job. It's genuinely terrifying. I still don't drink to this day because of it. <laughs> I thought you drank whiskey two weeks ago when Jeff wasn't here. Only for that occasion. But if we were, uh, we were going to go with just a shot of people doing drugs, I might have to go with Billy's answer of just Al Pacino with his face in a pile of Coke is, is good. But I think that yeah. wasn't with the heart of the question, but... I think we got, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned during the podcast last week that Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas was going to be the, like the right answer. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Jarv brought up a great scene in that when, uh, when the Hunter S. Thompson character played by Johnny Depp wakes up with a, uh, lizard tail strapped to his ass and a tape recorder <laughs> strapped to the tape to his chest. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. It's, it's very funny. So James, do you have, uh, you have our, our new Parker Posey play along, correct? Uh, yes, I do. Um, and I'm hoping, Hoping it'll do pretty good. It, I don't know. I struggled with this one a little bit, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, yep. my question is, uh, what is your biggest movie pet peeve? And this should be something that is kind of like a universal thing that happens in movies. It shouldn't just be like, oh, I hate it, you know, Michael Bay movies come out, you know. It shouldn't be something like that. It should just be kind of a universal type of movie situation. So my pet peeve is um, when there's some sort of digging scene in a movie. And whatever they're trying to dig up, they finally hit with their shovel. And then they the camera goes directly to that scene. And for whatever reason, there's just a thin layer of dust on the entire object that they're undoing or on, you know, digging up. So all they have to do is dust it up. But you know, really, they just hit the the object with the shovel for the first time. It should just you know be a lot more shoveling to happen. But no, they you know all they have to do is dust off the rest of the object and they're done. Do you have a specific? Do you have a specific instance? A couple. Um, actually, my favorite movie has this. It's uh, Raiders Lost Ark when they're digging yeah. for the Temple of Souls or the Well of Souls. I mean, and they hit. They finally hit. And next scene, you just see them just brushing off the rest of the entire slab of concrete. Hmm. I don't know. It's probably I don't know. I don't remember that specific instance, but maybe it's just supposed to be understood that some time's passed and now they're they're moving along. Maybe they don't want to shove the whole thing. That's I don't know. Possible, I, that's, I, guess. I don't have a problem with that. Jeff, do you have a problem with that? I I, I I like the answer. It's not something that specifically bothers me, but I think it's an excellent answer. And Jim, I want to give you some credit. I think this is a great question. I'm just hoping there's enough answers for everybody. So to we're only talking about things that happen in movies. Are we? Are we talking about? We're not like talking what about. We normally talk about yeah. We're not talking about movie theaters. We're not talking about correct, like audience. Correct. Yes. This just has to be like things you see in movies that bug me, and it could be something as simple as okay, he's driving and he's not even looking at the road. You know that kind of thing. Right. Right. I got. I got an answer. Okay. Anytime, and I've got I've got an example to back this up. Anytime there's like a sporting event or any sort of like a like competition where ninety percent of the population or a good chunk of the population already knows what's going on, but um, like for that other chunk of the population, some character like explains the situation, like oh now we're two down and we have five seconds left, we're gonna have to score two. Like, um, and my example would be in uh in the Casino Royale, uh the James Bond movie, where they're playing poker and the French guy is explaining to the the, the Bond chick, like everything that's going on in the movie, like, well, now Bond has to do this. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. just really frustrating having something explained, like, to somebody else. Like, the, the, a character is explaining it to another character, but it's so clear that they're actually explaining the situation to For you, the and that too. bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. Greg, you got anything? Um, yeah, yeah, I've got something. One second. <laughs> no, um, so the first thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, 
what you just said, uh, the question about people like talking to other characters, but they're really sort of referencing the, to the audience, talking to the audience is your, your boy Hitchcock did, did that all the time where if there was ever a scenario where like one character's in such an unbelievable situation, he would have the character just say like, wow, this is unbelievable. And that's not for the character or really for anybody else in the movie. It's for the audience. And it's supposed to just be like, yeah, don't worry. We understand this is un- this is unbelievable. Like we, this, go with it is the idea. I think and, that's a little different, though. That like, I mean, yeah, I I agree. I know I know what you're talking about. I think that's different than explaining the situation to an audience that may or may not understand. Like it's you're not you're not saying like, yeah, I get that this is weird. You're you're saying here's what's happening here in case you weren't paying attention. It's it, like I, and that that to me, I don't know. Yeah. that that's what. Like, All right. Oh, well, he needs to sink this putt to tie it, send it in a play off that will be the greatest golf game ever. Right. <laughs> How exciting! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do have an answer though, and it all like I think it might. I don't know if it started with him, but Robert Altman, who is known for his just opening tracking shots, who's done tons of movies. He actually, I didn't know he was dead. Um, he died in two thousand six. I know he was he was definitely um on his way out. But giant, giant director, and he would always open up his movies with tracking shots. Like pretty much a lot of the movies, it was all about how long can I take this camera shot where it's one continuous take, and I'll track it wherever you know wherever I can, and cue all the actors little by little, and they would you know that was him, that was his signature. And ever since then, it's been just a giant just. Like e-pen, well, it's not <laughs> e-pen for internet people, but just a giant, you know, just who's got a bigger penis? How long can I make a tracking shot and keep it up? And it's it's a nice, it's a tool that's just getting overused just because of that. And it's it's not always in the beginning of the movie, but they exist. Like Wes Anderson has some some tracking shots. I don't think yes, he uses them. Really, too, I'm thinking but, of uh, Life Aquatic. Uh, uh, Tenant bombs at the very end. Or, at the end, yeah. But like I, I I like it, but I think it's just become a, a ruler of oh I'm a genius director. Look at this tracking shot, and I I hate it when people do that. It, it bothers me, but uh, that's my answer, and I, I think a good one. I think a good. One. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty heady. Really. Yeah. <laughs> it, shows, Sometimes, it definitely shows your. Uh, your, your knowledge of the, the medium of film. <laughs> Sometimes I, uh, you know, once in a while, uh, a blind, fat, retarded squirrel gets in an anchor and once in a while, they can, you can find him. Um, but yeah, that was a good question, James. <laughs> uh, so, the, the question being, what's your, what's your, I guess, we're what's not your what biggest, your favorite, but... Yeah, what's your biggest movie pet peeve? All right, what's your biggest movie pet peeve? You can you can find the question at uh, Facebook.com, look for the Movie Hour page, or you can go to GungaPit.com, and there will be a thread on the forums uh, to answer it. And uh, I guess the third option now, you can email at uh, GungaPit at gmail.com. And yeah, the, a very interesting question. I'll be I'm curious to see see what what pops up. And uh, yeah, thank you, James, for the quiz, the question, and uh, thank you, James and Jeff, for the input. No problem. Hope everyone enjoyed. That blind, fat, retarded school is already bad enough, and here you are just dumping it. It's terrible. Everybody drive safe. Oh, thank you for listening, live listeners, forum goers, uh, podcasters. Thank you. The Lloyd Bridges, Automatons Attack Media Hour. So that coughing is going to be going on in this, in this movie hour. Like thousands of coughing. You fucking son of a bitch. She does kind of drink a little, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> off the field over the bathroom floor. <laughs> yeah. Alright, are we, are we kicking this fucker off? Yeah, I'm doing research. Oh. <laughs> While you're talking. What are you doing? Yeah.